Hi, this is Carolyn Cooper. Welcome to the Mental Health and Faith Podcast, where we offer encouragement for life in this complicated world. Enjoy the episode. Hi, this is Carolyn, and welcome back. I'm so glad you're joining me for another podcast, and we are continuing with our theme of suicide prevention because September, every year, is set aside as Suicide Prevention Month. So today, we're going to focus our attention on youth, youth at risk. The suicide rates among our young people is astronomical and devastating. But before we jump into the topic, I want to start with a very encouraging verse. And I want you to hang on to this as you're listening to this podcast today. This is Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now, We might say, really, how can that possibly be? I am at risk of hurting myself. I am at risk of taking my own life. How can you say that if I just trust in Jesus, that's all I need to do. He's going to wipe everything away. But I want you to hear me loud and clear. That's not what it says. It does not say Jesus is going to wipe away the burdens. No, he's going to carry the burden. He is going to take the heavy end of the stick here and and pull with all his might you going with him on this journey. Now, that being said, I will come back to scripture again at the end of the podcast. It is so important to understand that anyone at risk of ending their life, of completing suicide, they need professional help. They need someone to come alongside them. They need multiple people to come alongside them, to encourage them and comfort them and remind them of why life is worth living. If you are listening to this podcast and are starting to get uncomfortable or afraid or depressed or triggered in any way, please know you do not need to listen to this at this time. It is so important that we monitor ourselves, that we keep our minds focused on our emotions and our feelings and what that's doing in our bodies. If you need help, I invite you to call the new Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, 988. It is a text or call line. You simply dial 988 and anywhere in the United States. It's a a national line. It's a network of local crisis centers that provides free and confidential emotional support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This is new, and so they're continuing to improve the services, to to build those networks, but this um, conversations you can have with with the individuals who will answer this, their goal is to empower you, to help you through 
whatever emotions you may be dealing with, and to refer you to local resources where you can find the help that you need. That number again is 988, call or text. And check out their website at 988lifeline.org. I'm going to start by sharing some statistics from the 2021 State of Mental Health in America report by Mental Health America. You should check out their website. They have all kinds of resources and research statistics for dealing with mental health. And the reports that they put out in 2021 made use of some of the research and data from several organizations. First from SAMHSA, that's S-A-M-H-S-A, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. So they pulled some data from that organization. They also used data from the CDC, that is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and information from the Department of Education. So they pulled this data together from very reliable sources. So I, I think that we're looking at data that can be uh, pretty reliable as we think about our youth and the situations they are finding themselves in. The research was done from March to September of 2020. Let's see, what was going on then? I don't think any of us will ever forget, will we? COVID. This was a very targeted survey, or you know, they compiled this data and they pulled it together, targeting those months to see just how much the COVID outbreak began to affect uh, people in their mental health. So from March to September of 2020, over 80% of 11 to 17 year olds who took an anxiety screen scored for moderate to severe anxiety. In September alone, just in the month of September, 84% of those youth had moderate to severe anxiety. At least 90% of 11 to 17 year olds who took a depression screen scored for moderate to severe depression. These are the the very courageous teenagers who said, I feel depressed, they got screened for it, and not only were they depressed, they were moderately to severely depressed, which requires some professional assistance to get past that condition, to deal with that depression. Now, as with the rates of anxiety and depression, Ages 11 to 17 report the highest rates of suicidal ideation of any age group. 51%, again, in September of 2020, 51% of 11 to 17 year olds reported having thoughts of suicide or self-harm more than half or nearly every day of the previous two weeks. It's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. From January to September of 2020, 77,470 youth reported experiencing frequent suicidal ideation. Over 75,000 since the beginning of the pandemic in March. It's Again, it's staggering. It's, it's something that we can't even grasp the significance of how high these numbers are. Our youth are at risk. They need us. They need mental health professionals. They need parents to talk with them. They need friends who will not judge them 
and ridicule them if they share their thoughts. They need to be surrounded by the love of, and uh, comfort of those who want to see them live, and not just live, but to thrive. We need to keep our eyes open to the youth in our lives and be aware of what's going on in their lives so that if they become at risk, we can maybe step in and have that conversation. Point them to the 988 line. Help them find a mental health professional. Be aware of the youth in your life. Know them. Get to know them. Know what's happening in their lives. Let's not let these numbers continue to climb. We're going to listen to an interview now that I did with Kirsty Millar, a youth suicide prevention specialist with Rediscover here in the Kansas City area. I think that she is in Lee Summit, Missouri. But they have a great program to help with youth who are at risk. And you will want to hear her great insights on how to have conversations with our youth about their emotions and their feelings, to give them encouragement and hope. It's just a wonderful interview with lots of great insights. Afterwards, we'll go back to reading some more scripture. Hi, good morning. So, um, like she said, my name is Kirsty Millar. I currently work for Rediscover Mental Health, which is in Lee Summit. Um, I graduated with my master's in counseling in the fall of 2014. I um, got hired at Rediscover a couple months later and have been here ever since. Um, my experience started in the crisis department. I did a year and a half um, in, the, in the crisis world, loved it, did a little bit of everything, um, and then kind of found my way to the suicide prevention program. So related to your work in suicide prevention, can you tell us what you think is the most concerning thing that you have seen here in your position or in the community at large? I think the most concerning thing is that the rate is climbing. Um, but I would also argue that I think we're talking about it more. So much like if we were to talk about red cars today, when we all leave here today, what are we going to notice on the highway? Mm. Red cars. That's a great point. So I think that our media is doing a much better job of having the conversation, and so we're a lot more aware of it. Um, but I, do, I don't want to discredit that I do think the rates are still rising. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the society that we live in, the anxiety and depression that our young ones go through that is new to this generation, um, something that even my generation didn't fully experience. Um, some of the culprits are things like social media, other things are school pressures, social pressures. I don't know that there's one exact reason, mm -hmm. um, and you know, there's no research to back that up either, but I think the concern is that it's rising. Well, you mentioned young ones. Mm -hmm. I know that that's a passion of yours mm -hmm. that you've shared before, is working with the young people to try mm -hmm. to help. What types of things do you do with the younger generations to try to open their eyes to the risk of suicide? In all reality, we treat them like people. I think mm -hmm. a lot of times as a society, as humans, we, we, we tend to shield our young ones from the tragedies of the world or we sugarcoat mm -hmm. them or we make them um, a little bit easier to stomach. And not that we're harsh, but they're also people um, and they deserve to be treated with that sort of dignity so we are in their world and our meetings are exactly how how they need them to be and it's not a lot of clinical jargon thrown at them it's just a matter of two people having a conversation about what's going on well that's I think that sounds great and actually it's a little different approach than I've heard and I really appreciate that 
I think you're right. Sometimes we try to do, well, here's one thing for youth and here's one thing for adults. Mm -hmm. And from what you're saying, it sounds like really you could use the same approaches. Is that what I'm hearing? The same baseline. I think the conversation is different. The language is different um, when the the age range and generations change a little bit. Um, But the baseline is these are people, and -hmm. we have to treat them as people first and, and work through their problems with them, not for them. That sounds that sounds wonderful. Uh, I was also going to ask you: um, Do you would you consider us in an epidemic of suicide? I've heard that term thrown out a lot that we're in an epidemic. I have also heard the term. Um, again, I kind of think I have two visions on what what exactly is going on. The rates are rising; it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, epidemic, sure. At the end of the day, that's just a way to describe what's happening. Um, so I think to short answer you probably. Um, but the long answer is I think there's a lot more going on than just suicidal ideations and behaviors that we really have to focus on with not only our young population, but all of human nature. Um, but I also think as long as mankind is around, the unfortunate reality is suicide will always be an option. Um, mm-hmm. So how do, we, how do we teach that it doesn't have to be? Kirsty, you mentioned sitting down and having a conversation. Can you tell us a little bit about how that would look. I think a lot of people shy away from it because it's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uncomfortable. I, I realize they're apples and oranges, but I compare it a lot to the sex talk. We don't like to have it, but we have to, especially as adults for our young ones. Um, there's a prevention piece to safe sex, and we have that conversation. We've sort of gotten comfortable with it. There's chapter books. You know, There's a ton of different approaches for parents. Um, and, and adults alike. But I think that the suicide conversation, the mental health conversation, we're not there yet. Um, so really, truly kind of driving home the point of anybody can have this conversation. Um, I really hate the word normal because I think everybody has a different different definition mm-hmm. of normal. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, normalize the conversation and the language. Um, and then also just kind of sharing about the program and, and the successes that we've seen with it to hopefully kind of inspire some passion and, and a light in others to kind of take the work and the approaches that we do and help carry that out into the community. Jane, I know you had a question you wanted to ask. Kirsty, um, what do you think is probably one of the more gratifying aspects of your profession? Sure. Um, I think specifically working with the youth, it's, it's a matter of being able to be a part of their little successes. Um, but even more so, just, just even getting to be a person on their journey is something magical and powerful. And over the past three years, we've worked with well over 500 kids. So the fact that we've had a chance to be a piece in that process for them is, is truly something magical. It's I think great. that's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great way to describe it because you are seeing a change in these mm-hmm. students, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. And do you have some tips or suggestions for the people listening as to how they can be supportive or encouraging or help people in their lives or maybe even determine how they may be at risk? Oh, gosh, we need a whole other podcast to have yeah. that whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> the, the basics that I will say is don't shy away from the conversation. Um, if you have to be blunt, be blunt. Um, there's really no way to dance around it. Um, and if you do dance around it, you're probably not going to get an honest answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so modeling that kind of honest approach is modeling and, and hopefully getting an honest response back. Um, I would also challenge, I think the biggest thing that I teach is that hurting and killing are not the same verb Um, so asking the question are you thinking about hurting yourself is a fantastic question please ask it if you're worried about someone but don't stop there follow it up with are you thinking about taking your life killing yourself whatever feels comfortable Um, because 
you may only get half of an answer. That's a really good point. So don't be afraid to be direct. Correct. That's what you're saying. I think we have maybe one final question that we'd like to ask. Jane? Yes. Um, I wanted to ask uh, the, the difference between working with the youth versus working with the adults. Sure. And uh, what those differences can be. Sure. Um, I think it, some of it depends on the clinician. In my experience, um, each of them has their own unique set of challenges. Each of them has their own unique set of successes. Um, with adults, it's really working to help continue to embed healthy lifestyles into what they've already functioned with um, and kind of helping reset some of those maybe not so healthy um, aspects to their coping. And with youth, there's just a lot more life to be able to teach from. Um, so being able to kind of structure their their supports and their ongoing healthy coping skills, we, we see leaps and bounds um, in, in the successes in the youth. And truly we're a short-term program. You know, we're with them about six months or less. And even in just in that time frame, being able to see the grades improve and the social skills improve. Um, but I will own too, I'm not saying that won't happen with adults. Our adult program is still new um, and I expect something similar. Um, but again, the lenses are a little bit different. Okay, great. Thank you. That's a very good perspective. To close out the podcast, I'm going to read some scriptures, and I'd like to ask you to do me a favor. Do you have scriptures that bring you comfort and encouragement, that lift you up when you're in a dark, sad place? I'd love to have you send those to me so I can compile even more scriptures uh, to share. First is Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God wants us to be healthy. He wants us to enjoy the life that he has blessed us with. And he wants to hold us up. He will. Hold us up when we turn to him in our darkest hour. That's a beautiful promise. He says, I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds everything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Again, this is another verse that lets us know there will be things to worry about, but God does not want us to worry. And again, he does not say he will take those things from us. What God promises is, to me, even much better. Regardless of our situations, we can experience God's peace. His peace. Psalm 94, 18 and 19. I cried out, I am slipping, but your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Relying on God for comfort, that's when our hope can be renewed. 2 Timothy 1, 7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, 
but of power, love, and self-discipline. That's what we need, isn't it? We need to courageously and boldly face the challenges in our lives. We need to confront those thoughts that try to tear us down. We need to fight back against temptations that seek to destroy us. God gives us that spirit of power and love and self-discipline. But we have to turn to him and ask him into our lives. And we need to surround ourselves with other people as well so that we can draw on that power. Life is painful. There's no doubt about that. But we don't have to live in fear. Just one more. Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Thank you so much for being here. I will have these scriptures available on my website. And again, send me your scriptures. Let's put together a really nice list of scriptures to draw on when we are walking through that dark place. Thank you for joining us here at the Mental Health and Faith podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I really do look forward to hearing from you. For more information, check out my website at www.ngodscorner.org. Thank you.